Back at it here on ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley, all the drama, Brian, always drama somewhere. Now it's with Roquan Smith. We've been talking about this. I want to know how they get to the bottom of if he's having this quote-unquote representative call around for trades. Is this an NFL investigation that might have to happen where somebody gets in trouble that way? Is this something the Bears have to investigate? Or is this just another layer that we just ignore right now? Because obviously we have to figure out what we're going to do with him, either keep him or trade him away. Uh, I think the last one, you're spot on. The Bears would have to make an issue of it. Now, my my expectation would be that um, these reports have come out with Mike Florio and guys like uh, you know the veteran scribe Brad Biggs has confirmed that uh, Florio's report that someone, uh, again, Roquan doesn't have an agent, so it's not his agency. I mean, it could be his mom or something, right? I mean, it it could could be, right. It could be, you know, it could be a high school teammate. It could be a brother. It could be dad. Who knows? It it could be a financial advisor, as Courtney said. But Mm. the point is, if it got to the point where they felt like there was no middle ground in a negotiation and he did have an agent, the Bears then could say to the agent, you are authorized. We give you permission to call whichever teams you feel there's a fit there and they're willing to, to give your guy what he, what he wants. And, you know, then we'll see what they're offering us in return and we'll see if there's a fit, right. If there's right. a trade to be made. Mm-hmm. So I, from my understanding of it, the, whoever's calling on behalf of Roquan Smith, um, once he may, he or she makes that call to said team or teams, those teams are required by NFL rules and bylaws to contact the Bears and say, "We got this call. You know what's up? Are, are you know are they authorized?" And so the Bears are likely aware of it. I mean, I would assume mm-hmm. they're aware of it if Mike Florio is aware of it. Um, but it's back to, do they want to make an issue of it now? And the answer obviously is no because they haven't. But then they could start saying to Roquan Smith. Basically, you're you know you're putting teams in tampering uh, harm's way, right? Or you you know you have to cease and desist because you you are under contract to the Chicago Bears, and therefore you are not authorized to you know go out and 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 offer your services and your talent to anybody else until we give you that permission. And they haven't gotten to that point yet. The, the question remains: is when do they get to a point where they're done with? this kind of freelancing that Roquan's done from, you know, employing the chairman uh, and George McCaskey to come in and, and mediate and, and, you know, get a settlement done for him, which George won't do. That's not no, the way George No, he operates. hired somebody to do that. And that's and what George he's going to have to George, George Mark is the king of the flow chart on corporate. I mean, whenever you ask him, you know, like uh, Ryan and Matt were our football people, the other two before this Ryan and Matt, he would basically – go up on a whiteboard and tell you I'm the chairman and then, you know, Ted's the president and then there's a board <laughs> of directors and he'd give you everyone's role in the organization and what the responsibilities are. And one thing George does, he allows people to do their job, good, good or bad. And sometimes, you know, you would argue that sometimes he gives them way much, too much time to prove that they can do good after they've done a lot of bad, you know, see, see some previous GMs and coaches, but that's why, in particular with a new regime, a first-time GM and a first-time head coach, it's very important that they don't seem to be too soft on this. Yes. And it's also probably as important not to come down too hard on the other way, and I think they've, they've shown they haven't done that, right? Right. Uh, they're well, trying they to did. use the carrot and not the stick. Yeah. And 
you know, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how this shapes the view of uh, who is a great player for us, Roquan Smith, with the fans. We've got Dan in Manhattan wants to jump in on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, guys. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about the stadium and Roquan real quick. Uh, as far as the stadium, I don't think I'm going to miss anything. I haven't been to a game personally. Maybe I'm not the best judge because I haven't been to a game since 2005, I think it was, against Houston wow. when it was the fifth coldest game in Soldier Field history, and I thought I was going to die. Uh, <laughs> <they need laughs> well, maybe you'll miss that. Yeah, they need a dome. And the game before that that I went to was uh, the last game before that was the, the Eagles playoff game where we got completely annihilated. So, again, maybe I'm, my uh, my opinion is skewed. Was that, was that the but, uh, game? Was that the... Um, it was, uh, was it, uh, 01, I believe, or 2000, yeah, was, where we just got trounced. You trounce. couldn't even see what was going yeah. on in the field yeah. because of the fall? it was yeah. miserable. It was miserable. Yeah. Uh, again, that's not the stadium's fault. But <laughs> uh, as far as Roquan, um, yeah, you, you don't get better by letting good players go. but in this case, I I think Poles is doing the right thing. You do not throw good money after bad. You don't invest that much money in a guy that doesn't create turnovers and doesn't create it doesn't get sacks. You you need to spend your money wisely when you when you're basically starting from scratch. You don't want to be uh, uh, saddled with an albatross like that when there's so many positions that you need to improve. And I, and I know they're going to have a lot of money next year, but that doesn't mean you start spending unwisely. And that's pretty much all good I got, point. guys. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. You know, uh, he's he's got a point, and I think I'm leaning that way too. You know, I, I don't like that he's holding them hostage. He's trying to set the market, but is he truly a market setter, especially in this new regime, Brian? We haven't seen him play. As Dan pointed out, there are a few things that he doesn't really – he's not really known for. He's a great player. But do we need that type of player now, and do we need to pay that much for that type of player now when we have so many other needs? And, and again, it's how you structure the contract, right? So to the Bears' point and Dan's point, you want to give him what the market says he's due and what he believes he's due. But if that's five years on $100 million, give or take, and, and uh, he's basing it on the last, the top two linebackers at his spot getting $97.5, $98 million a year, and he wants to better that, and God bless him for that, Um the Bears still want to say, as you said, see what he, how he fits into this system. They're not questioning mm-hmm. his talent as a football player, right. but maybe he's not the best fit for this system. So if you backload the contract, much to the chagrin of, uh, of Roquan Smith, you give him a year or two to figure out, to, to you figuring out if he's that guy. And if he is that guy, then there's a ton of money on the back end of the contract. But as a player, from his perspective, it's like, wait a minute. If I get hurt in these next couple of years and I'm working for 50% for, of what I, I think I'm worth per season, it's all about average annual um, uh, salary, right? The, AA, mm-hmm. the AAV of the, uh, of the value of the contract, not about the $100 million in five years. It's how it's structured. So, you know, it's, this is not an easy thing. And, I, I, you know, beginning of last season, I thought it was going to be a lot easier than it's turned out to be. And now it seems like, it's, you're truly at an impasse, and it doesn't seem like the player's budging. And if you're the first-year general manager, I don't know how much you can budge because so much rides on this in terms of what, how you operate as a GM and the precedent you set and, yep. and, and you know how people are going to perceive you around the league and, and someone they might have to deal with. That's exactly right. Now we've got the uh, Twitter poll up at ESPN 1000 on Twitter, which is more likely Bears sign Roquan Smith, Bears trade Roquan Smith. We've got uh, Mike Barvaco- uh, Bar- 
Bakovi. That's it. That's how you said it. He try, uh, chimed in. And he said, hopefully they trade the clown. He's not elite, although a solid player. He's burned a bridge here. And this is my point about bringing up the fans. Is this a real bridge burner for you? 312-332-3776. Of all the things that Brian brought up. And and he, Roquan's got a point. You know, you want as much guaranteed money as, pro, uh, as possible because you do not know what that next play is going to hold for you. And you know, he's trying to, as we understand it, he's trying to set the market. But is he a market setter? Is he that good that he's trying to set the market? Is, is that really fair or is he overplaying his hand, Brian? Well, he's in the prime of his, uh, of his career at 25. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the other question is, how much do you value the position as an off-ball linebacker? And, you know, the Bears know what and that's part what of the new system, right? Yeah. yeah, the Bears know what those guys are getting. The most recent ones who have settled are, are in that $98, $99 million, uh, contract value, the, the total value of the contract. And right now it's like, okay, we're rebuilding. We're pick a number three years away, four years away. Three might be optimistic from really being a, a solid top-to-bottom roster ready to go and win a division and hopefully make noise in the playoffs. Um, but, you know... As much money as Dan just said, our caller just said, as much money as they're going to have next year, it doesn't mean you just say, okay, well, there's $100 million and we'll, we'll front load it. We won't back load it. We'll give you everything you want. It just, we started with this, that if he had re- representation, it would probably be a lot, bit, a lot better for Roquan and certainly a lot better for the Bears right it, now. It might have been over by now. Correct. Correct. You and would, this level of some... bridge burning that is reaching the fandom maybe wouldn't be here. And, and, you know, Roquan can't worry about that too much. But, you know, we like to like our players, Brian. And yeah, absolutely. When you see something like this to happen, it's like, ah, oh, come on. You're kind of holding up the team. We've got, we've got this new team. Everybody should be in. Let's just get this done and let's move on. We've got, a, we've got another preseason game to play. We've got Justin Fields. We've got to see development from him. We just don't need this distraction. Yeah, and our, our, our Twitter uh, poll, our Twitter response said that he's a clown. See, you don't want to get to the point where even a percentage of the fan base is not rooting for you, doesn't want you to be part of this thing. But That's the other right. thing is, is how much do you want to be a part of this thing? I mean, I would hate for him to want to just put in his six games, be disgruntled, and have to pay fines for practices missed. So now his attitude is sour completely, and even though he has to you know, attract other teams' interest as a free agent, um, you just wonder how that all comes together, right? I mean, if, if his mind is in the right spot, if his attitude isn't in the right spot, um, his talent is not going to carry him to great heights for this team or or do him well in, in the future with other teams who are scouting him, right? Right. Yeah, that uh, that's not a place we want to go, but it's it's surprising that we're we're pointing in that direction. And the whole idea that there's uh, those reports, Florio had it. That, uh, you know, he, he has a rep calling around for trades. He's just really going about this the wrong way. And it'd be nice if maybe even the Bears just said, okay, we'll, we'll pay some of your commission to your, uh, to your agent. Please pick one and let's talk to him. <laughs> let's, let's stop talking to you. Let's talk to him or her. Let's, let's deal with somebody that knows what to do in Roquan. You're doing yourself a great disservice by trying to represent yourself and save a little money. Yeah. And let's yeah, yeah. And, and let's let's not forget he fired somebody, and that may be because that person wasn't paying attention, or, or uh, he wasn't paying attention to that person's maybe there common sense advice. 
Right. Maybe the advice he was hearing was like, no, no, I don't want to hear that. And he's trying to, you know, read him the riot act or tell him the way of the NFL world. And he didn't like what he was hearing. And so he said, I'll, I'll do it myself. And here we are. Here we sit today. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a mess. 312-332-3776. We also had uh, at sloppy guy jump onto the thread, say, trade him for any wide receiver. Well, well, we certainly do need wide receivers, but it can't be any. Uh, he has a great amount of value. And as as we talked about, the word is out on this. So, uh, you know, we won't get true value because we know that, uh, you know, other teams are paying attention, seeing that this is a mess. And if we have to trade him, it, it's we're not going to get everything we should. Yeah, I think we do have any wide receiver right now. We just don't have the stud wide receiver right now. So we're, you know, <laughs> right. and, you know, Taze Sharp has looked good in practice and they translated that to the first preseason game. So he's a keeper, but do you, you, don't, you know, there's no Devontae Adams in this group. You know, right. there's no difference right. maker. No, no, not that, not that we're seeing unless somebody comes up and surprises us. And we're certainly welcome to that. 312 we're going to uh, talk Bears if you want to transition over to the White Sox. They actually have a two-game winning streak. Shh, don't say that out loud. I'm sorry. I should have said that out loud. They're actually two games above 500. Probably something else I shouldn't say out loud, and they've got another game against Detroit today. Lance Lynn is on the bump. We'll get to that and more when we come back here on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. It was it was exciting. You know, it's a long time coming, and I thought it was exciting. I think the coaches did an outstanding job with the game day operation, uh, you know, including the coordinators being able to communicate with those guys, with Getze, with Allen, with Hightower. Um, they did a really phenomenal job. We were all on the same page the entire day when we were going for it, when we were punting, field goal, that whole operation. Uh, and it was it was prior to, you know, so – you know, first down, you're telling Getsy, "Hey, we're uh, go for it on one, you know three to one here. You know, uh, you know three or less." So I thought that operation was was really good. And then the, you know, moving from unit to unit, you know, that was was really good. Going from field goal team or punt team, but overall, it was great. I really enjoyed the moment. Come on. Coach Matt Eberflus discussing his first game at head coach yesterday, organized. That's a good word for it, right, Brian, compared to what we've seen past few years? Yeah, dress rehearsal for a first-time head coach and the, uh, the staff that he's just put together. So communication, like you said, all important. There were so so many times, in, and not only the past regime, but other regimes, where it just looked like there was miscommunication, no communication. You didn't know who was looking to see to challenge a play or not. Someone up, was driving upstairs. the bus. Yeah. Hey, sometimes even the headsets didn't work, right? Under well, that's what we heard. Years, so. That's what we heard. Yeah, and, and 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 you know this, and we all know this, but to hear it on the broadcast yesterday, it still stops me cold. When uh, Adam Amin was talking and and taught that eleven after George Hallis of the twelve Bears head coaches in history, eleven <laughs> right. are first time head coaches. Gonna, yes, except for John Fox, and he said that, and it stopped yeah. me too because it's like oh, I know that. However, every time it's vocalized, it's like, oh. wow, how could that be? And, and and it's not to say that that's necessarily the way to do it because John Fox did not work out here. But uh, no, but the point is, uh, either it's not an attractive destination for veteran guys who actually know how to get it done and have historically <laughs> right. got it done, right? And 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 or they just don't want to pay, or they just don't want to pay 
uh, if that's an issue. I, and I'm just making an assumption. Well, but how many first-time GMs have we had, too, by the way? Um, yes. Bill Emery, Ryan Pace, uh, Ryan Poles, um, go back. I mean, it, 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 so guys are learning on the job, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I always like to err on the side of Only guys who have done that. Only if it yeah. works out. 312-332-3776. Steve's on the road. He wants to jump in here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Steve. Hi there, guys. Hey, uh, I just wanted to uh, more or less echo what you guys just said. In watching that game, I didn't watch it live. I watched it on replay. In watching it, they it looked like a professional operation was going on on the field. Every single... Uh, all the way from first string to third string, looked like they knew what they were doing. And I did not see, uh, I, I may have missed it, but I didn't see many uh, holding or, uh, uh, you know, uh, preliminary uh, procedure, uh, you know, procedure penalties. Yes, Again, there, there were no, no pre-snap penalties. Yeah, no pre-snap Which penalties, means you're right. Yeah. The coaching on the line there, I think, is being performed very well. The other thing I noticed that they they highlighted on the, or they didn't say anything, but they showed Jesse next seat next to uh, Fields there with the uh, the iPad or the uh, the, the Microsoft uh, pad or whatever it was going over stuff and Fields intently looking and watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw that too. Thank you for the call. We. Right. Professional, professionally run organization. Lots of uh, it's just seems structured and organized. Those are the words we use. We saw that immediate change from what we've seen in recent years. And those were simple things that were elusive, apparently, up until we have a new regime in Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Adam in Crown Point wants to jump on, talk about the Roquan Smith situation. Hey, Adam. Hey, hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of on the fence with it. I mean, we know that Roquan's a fantastic player, and this team is undoubtedly better with him on the field, I think. Um, but if you take a look at, like, the Lamar Jackson situation in Baltimore, like, they, they're in the same situation, right? They're both representing themselves last year, the contract. Um, but, like, he's handled it infinitely better, I think. Like, he hasn't had, you know, made any uh, burned bridges or, like, uh, ticked off any fans with his behavior like it's way more professional and it's just kind of uh upsetting to see that wonder what you guys think anyways thanks for the thanks for uh taking my call guys yeah yeah adam well i'd add as a fan first yeah I, I don't like to see this at all it's kind of putting a sour taste in my mouth about mr smith you know i, I want uh I want a good attitude i want to all buy in yes you've got to do what you need to do for yourself and your career and you only have so many years to make money in this business so you have to capitalize on that, but the the idea, Brian, of uh, it's a it's a lost art. But how about playing out your contract, and as you're coming up to the end of the contract, then you negotiate. What happened to that? Well, I mean that just it, it doesn't it doesn't happen anymore. But I mean, in the perfect world, that's you, you earn every penny of your current contract, and then you get to the point where that's that's you know, my point. The yeah. people value you, and you want to stick around, but. To our caller's point, I agree with him. I, I mean, I keep seeing the word immature associated with Roquan Smith. I've never met him. I can't tell you from a firsthand experience or been around him like a lot of the beat guys have, what his personality is, what his demeanor is. 
I mean, some of these guys I've seen already, and, and they're younger than Roquan, and just how they handle themselves at press conferences, they're very ser- serious sorts, like Darnell Mooney and Larry. They're, they're serious yep. as a heart attack, some of them, mm-hmm. right? It, mm-hmm. you know, it's all business. There's You almost want to say, hey, have some more fun, but they're, they're like, hey, my career is in hanging in the balance with everything I do for a new coach or a new GM. Um, so I don't know if he's immature or not, but to our caller's point, there is a way of doing this. If you're going to do it on your own, you better be confident that you can do it the right way. And be ready really to be thing. ready to do it the right way, right? And get get enough uh, perspective and advice and such. And it doesn't seem like he has. Well, the the misstep number one was coming out with a written trade demand, and then within that demand, saying I've, I've been disrespected. They're not negotiating in good faith. It's take it or leave it. And by the way, George, why don't you come down here and, and straighten this GM out so I get paid? You know, that 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 was kind of a nuclear option that ha- didn't have to be played as early as Roquan played it. Now, I get his frustration in the matter. He probably thought they were just going to give him what he wanted and he'd be playing right now. But as far as Lamar Jackson, he might be handling it in a different way as far as public relations go, Mark. But uh, everything I've seen is that there there's a huge uh, uh, space between where the team is at and what they're offering and what he's looking for. And right now, the people don't think they're going to come to terms on a contract. Right. So, but that's a that's I mean, a fact of ne- handle it. right. That's a factor of negotiations, and negotiations happen all the time. You just have to keep it out of the public. Do it in good faith. And Roquan saying it's not in good faith. I'm not sure he under and we could be wrong, but it seems like it is. And you know, he, he, him mischaracterizing this situation is probably infuriating to uh, polls and, 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 and the rest of the organization. And then for them to discover that maybe he has a rep trying to, uh, you know, sniff out a trade. It's just such a mess. And we'll see what happens. Um, and as you said, some people think it's going to be solved one way or another by Thursday. We do know this. It cannot go along as a distraction much longer. And it certainly, I'm not sure it can get any worse than this, Brian. I'm with you. I mean, it, it seems to have gone south very quickly here. And either there's a middle ground to be found, or you're just going to have to say, I don't want to take 70 cents or 80 cents on the dollar in a trade. But, um, you know, either I accept the trade or Roquan, you can start paying money for, you know, fines for mispractices and games, and we'll go from there. You know, it'd be interesting if we could talk to uh, somebody that's familiar with uh, the role of an agent, somebody who can maybe just. Uh, remain um, anonymous to get their feelings on how this is playing out. Is this really a mess on Roquan's side? It certainly seems like it to me. 312-332-3776. We'll be right back here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Back at it, we'll be talking about the White Sox as uh, White Sox uh, pregame. We're here at uh, 1230. We're here until then. We'll get to them, but we're still talking Bears here. Ken in Fort Worth wants to jump on here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Ken from Texas, what's going on? Hey, guys, I uh, loved your point about the inexperience in the front office and the coach. I've been telling that to friends for years that were too cheap to hire anyone. And this go around, I really wanted either the coach or the GM, preferably the GM to have had experience since he has no one above him in the organization with football mind. 
And uh, so far, though, I'd have to say Ibelufelus has looked a little less inexperienced compared to what Poles has gone through so far with uh, some signings not falling falling through in free agency, and then uh, you know what he's going through now with uh, Roquan. But how does he move move forward with this inexperience and overcome this, and hopefully be a successful GM? Well, that's a great the, question. Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, because you know how does how is he perceived? How he handles Roquan Smith, and, and, and the caller alluded to the first Raisin signing, um, the offensive lineman didn't pass his physical, right? And so you, yeah. you made a big play and put some money on the table, and then he couldn't pass the medical, and that didn't look too good. Um, you've had three players run afoul of the law in the offseason, so <laughs> that didn't look too good for either the, the coaches. No, and certainly or, that's not yeah. – you can't draw a direct line between him, but – but by association, it's unfortunate. But all of these things add up to, you know, potential or, or perceived missteps. And, and it's right. unfortunate. He will get graded on this. Of course he will. And then, so now how you handle Roquan, either you, you are, one of our other callers said, you know, how, or Courtney said it, how do you, how is it perceived around the locker room or future holdouts or hold-ins or, you know, how you handle him, uh, Roquan Smith, if you don't, if you're too soft, that's not good. If you're too hard, that's not good. Goldilocks, it has to be just right. Um, and other GMs are watching because they're going to have to deal with you in terms of trades. And other agents are wa- watching because they do represent players, and they're going to want to see how you uh, act and react as a GM when you're put in a situation that is part of your making. But when the player forced your hand in very short order here, and started demanding the chairman come in and, and make things right and, you know, said you're disrespectful and you're not negotiating in good faith. I mean, as a first-time GM, everyone's watching you. The guys in House Hall, the agents outside of House Hall, GMs around the league. So you, you have to kind of, you know, find a way to thread the needle here and come out with the best possible solution or outcome. And, and, you know, your reputation, this is part of the foundation of, of you as a first-time GM on, on you know, how you're going to move forward. And, and this isn't the first time there's been a little drama with Roquan, correct? Oh, no. As a rookie, he held out. Yeah, right? see, so, see, this is why, look, I like him as a player. I, uh, you know, we're known for linebackers here in town, and, and he's certainly yeah. one in a long line. But um, as, a, as a fan, uh, you know, I'm fine with, uh, you know, moving on. You know, I, I don't want this distraction. As you said, Darnell Mooney, a lot of the other guys, when they're talking to the media, um, you know, uh, especially after the hard practices and such, we seem like we have a vibe of togetherness. Uh, Eberflus, first-time head coach, but come on, tell me he isn't looking more professional out of the box than a uh, Mark Tressman or some sure. of the other people oh, that we've been saddled with. So, yeah. Right, <laughs> a low bar. So with all of that said, um, I say we move on because I don't want to see this team held hostage by such a questionable approach by someone who's not, I, I'm sorry, I'll say it, but he's not uh, smart enough to have representation. I think he's doing him a, a fabulous disservice. Absolutely is, but you can't just move on and, and with a scorched earth policy, you, you got to get you got to get the most you can. Either either you find a way to well, certainly that's done. that's all part of it, right, 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 right. You can't just give the guy away. Just be no, done with no, the headache and no. the distraction. Make I mean, the best deal you can. He's a yeah, yeah. You you need to accumulate as much future draft capital as you can, you know, get 
or players or whatever it looks like in a trade because you can't just say, okay, Roquan, you know, you're my migraine and I'm done with you. And that doesn't serve the, the organization. Uh, no, certainly not. Possible. Certainly not. Yeah. I mean, you know, that uh, as far as uh, my plan would go, now you have to go out and make the best deal. But he is a tremendous distraction. And, uh, you know, he's forcing them, uh, them to set a precedent and he's forcing their hand while he's still under contract. And call me old school, but it would just be nice. And again, it's it's not the way it is anymore. But, you know, what? Uh, I'll play I'll play the part of Fred Humner here. Shut up, go out and play, prove yourself, and let's talk contract after the season. Yeah, but I, and I understand that, and I'm very, I'm very much old school in a lot of respects. But the fact that Mayor is on a rookie contract, usually, you know, are, are you picking up that last year option? You know, no, you're not doing that with Mitch Trubisky. Okay, um, that those those decisions are made right now where Roquan's at. Right, it's normally don't play out the entirety of the contract. But, you know, four years in, you should have a good handle on what his abilities are and what he mm-hmm. means to the team. But unfortunately for Roquan, there's a new sheriff in the GM and there's a new sheriff in the head coach, and they they need to more prove it, right? That, you, you know, it, it would have been interesting if he pulled this last year with the previous regime. I think that he's probably, he's using this technique that might have worked before that Amen. See, is going on, to blow up in his face now. I mean, yeah, it already hey, has. You saw Matt Nagy go up to him, and, and you know Matt. Matt's aware of what's going on, right? Uh, a lot of times he wasn't here, but he went up and gave Roquan a big bear hug—no pun intended—yesterday, and, right. and whispered something in his ears, like, a you know, chief "Don't hug. worry, you'll get paid," yeah. or maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, more or less. Well, you should have done this to us uh, last year. Good luck to you, brother. Yeah, we we would have given you whatever you wanted last year. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, little uh, little too late. You're about a year and uh, a regime. Too late, possibly. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Yeah, this is uh, certainly drama we don't need. We saw Justin Fields yesterday in preseason game number one. Saw a few things. Yeah, weren't totally overwhelmed. Brisker, wow, that that that's really great to see. And if we can get Quinn back and playing with his head on straight, you know, the defense um, with Eberflus being a defensive. Uh, Coach, kind of defense first type guy. That's perfect for the Bears. That's been our history. We need an offense, and that's where all the spotlight's going to be. But it was nice to see those takeaways yesterday, too, Brian. Yeah, I know that the T in hits is for takeaways. Um, and tackling, if you could put another T in there, and and the spelling, it's the two T's and um, hits. Be, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that the, those. Those players are going to hear about that today. And uh, that much oh, we know, know there will be accountability, uh, much like there wasn't before. Yeah, I mean, even who said after the game, if you had 100 plays and 98 of them uh, went you know, better than expected, we're going to talk about the other two. Now, you can't do that too much. You don't want to be the guy who just dismisses all the good, and I don't think he is. But it's a balance. It's a balance about the two. Yes, it's yes. a balance act. You know, like any, like any management in any type of business, <laughs> you can't you can't focus on just the bad. You've got to commend for the good, and bring up the bad, and figure out ways to solve the things that didn't work. And uh, I have confidence that that that's happening now with this regime. Didn't never felt that way 
about uh, what was here before. 312-332-3776. We'll continue to take your Bears calls. We will start talking about the White Sox as we get ready for a White Sox uh, pregame at 12.30, taking on the Detroit Tigers. Yes, they are a bad team, but you, you can only play the teams you're playing, and the White Sox have a two-game win streak. We'll talk about what went right yesterday here on ESPN 1000 when we get back. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. This is your home for Chicago White Sox baseball. ESPN 1000 pregame starts at 1230 right after us, Xander and Hanley here. And uh, we had a lot go right yesterday, Brian. Giolito, seven innings pitch, deep into a game, seven strikeouts. You know, not bad. We had some fight yesterday. Here are uh, some notables. We had A.J. Pollock go two for four. We had Yoan go two for four, two for three for Jose. He's been consistent. Andrew Vaughn, somebody we can count on. He was dh yesterday, three for four. Um, we had uh, Leori Garcia go two for four, which was Nice to see Leori being a uh, spot starter here and there, not being relied upon like he was earlier in the season right now, which you know is okay by me. But uh, we won yesterday, Sox won 6-4, and they've got another game against Detroit today. And, and it's, uh, it's you know, we're taking advantage of the easy part of the schedule. And that ends after today because we're seeing the Astros at guaranteed rate tomorrow. You know, yeah. Jose Abreu tagged up from first and went to second on a warning track, one of those warning tracks, no one, right. one uh, Tony. Yeah. Um, and he, he got there right before the throw, and he got in safely. It was interesting because Tony Larusa said, being you know true to form this year, Tony said, great play, he's a great base runner, that's you know heads up, and he ended up scoring when Vaughn uh, you know uh, hit him in. Yep, but Vaughn came out and said, you know, well, Jose's not a great runner. I'm like. <laughs> like Andrew, God bless you and everything you've done to contribute to this team this year. But I don't think Jose Abreu wants you, you know, no one's suggesting that he's, uh, you know, he's going to be going to the Hall of Fame because of his, he's fleet of foot. No, right. But he's smarter I, he than he is later. faster, Brian. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, you know, right there, he used more of his guile than he did, um, you know, but it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of sliding into second base, Luis Robert did that, and he did it head first, and he's out with a wrist. X-ray's negative, but it doesn't look like he's going to be back. He's not playing today. No, he's not playing today. As a matter of fact, um, I've got the lineup here, which, you know, are are we questioning his durability? Are we questioning Tony's willingness to play a player that has an ouchie? You know, uh, where are we at here? It's kind of confusing, but we have – the lineup uh, available, and uh, A.J. is leading off. He's done very well in the leadoff position as Tim Anderson's on the DL. Yuan Mankata batting second at third. Eloy is D.H. batting third. Jose's back at first. Cleanup. Andrew Vaughn in right field. Josh Harrison at second base. Anna Mango in center. Sebi Zavala behind the plate. And Lenine Sosa back at shortstop with Lance Lynn on the hill. And, you know, again, we're, we're questioning, you know, is Tony just really babying the players or, you know, what's going on here? I don't disagree with today, though, because if if we can have Luis tomorrow as we start that Astros series, I'm much more concerned about that. 
Yeah, only the player knows how much he's hurting, and they're calling it a sprained left hand. And mm-hmm. I saw speculation on Twitter. People said they rewound and replayed the uh, slide and called it a dirty uh, a dirty play because the second baseman had his scope. Blade, yeah. Blake blocking the uh, base before he got the ball. Yeah, what is the rule on that? I know it's I, I know it's been uh, you know it it's it's been a little sketchy. I I thought the same thing. I mean, you have to allow access to the base. Yeah, I I, I didn't see it as a dirty play. It, it was unfortunate. So you know, Tony said that uh, Luis Robert told him that the hand felt tight. So you're going to go with with what the player is telling you. And I know yeah. that. Some people, uh, I think Mike North, the great Mike North, one of my buddies and, and your buddies, um, said that he tweeted out, hey, it's all hands on deck. you got to play hurt. And he was disappointed that he wasn't out there yesterday, let alone today. Um, is you know, I don't know how much that impacts you know, squeezing a glove or squeezing a ball or, or squeezing a bat. But, you know, is what it is. He's not going to be in there. And, and I, I guess I can err with, uh, with you on the side of, you should be able to beat the the Tigers without him, and let's go get the Astros. Yeah, but. yeah, and I get what Mike is saying because you see Jose Abreu, he he ran out uh, an infield uh, hit in uh, on the first base, you know, ran it out at first base, and seemed to be grabbing something in his back like his quad. I'm like, oh no, and yeah. then and that's when he stole second base. Now, arguably, Jose has been a – he's just – he's a war horse, right? I mean, he's in there all the time. You know he's playing with bumps and bruises. So right. you're right. It's up to the individual player. And I guess just as a baseball fan, I would hope that, you know, that's not a situation where, you know, it just takes a little to take somebody off off the field. But regardless – the fact that he's not playing today, I'm okay with as long as he – that means he's available against the Astros starting tomorrow because that is going to be really be a test. Go, going from the Tigers to the Astros, that's, uh, well, that's I, a big difference there. I know it's uh, it's been a while, but, uh, you know, you just don't see the Kirk Gibson dragging a leg around the bases after <laughs> hitting a home run. You just uh, – that's um, that doesn't, that seems to be part of baseball history, not so much the present. Yeah, you're right about that. I guess I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just that old. 313-332-3776. And, and I know you're right with me uh, you, to a certain degree. And, you know, again, uh, you know, with him not in the lineup today, I think we, we should be able to beat the Tigers, you know, and, and we should be able to sweep a series. And I don't uh, – I'd have to look up when the last time we swept a series this year. Have we swept a series? Well, did you see the – okay, well, here's the problem with that. I, was it earlier in the week, Daryl or somebody wrote in the Sun-Times um, or someone on Twitter, someone put it on Twitter. It, it, I don't remember the exact numbers. It was something like the White Sox were like 13 and 22 in, in first games of series. I mean, it, it's like yes. any time yes. they start a series, they lose that they, game. They almost. lose the first game. I mean, you can't sweep series if you're losing the first game. That's it, exactly it was, right. It was, it, it was striking how lopsided that was. Well, and, then, and you know, if, we, my, if we can get that win today, that means we we were bucking the trend. We didn't lose the first game. We actually won games at home and actually right. swept. Yeah, this is, is that the turnaround right I, there? <laughs> when my when I saw that that stat, my mind said, okay, if the bigger picture is how do teams prepare, you know, for a team that's been squarely 500 for a year, you shouldn't take 
anything for uh, granted, right? I mean, you should go into each series as if you have to go out and prove and win that first game. And, and you know, more often than not, you roll into that series and you end up on the losing side of, of game one. Does that lead to a bigger picture question as to what's going on and how are people prepping for this? Uh, well, there are all kinds of big questions and big picture questions with the White Sox. And uh, to be talking about two wins in a row, it's a, it's a nice uh, change of pace, Brian. Well, hey, the good news is Cleveland snapped its six-game winning streak, or had it yep. snapped, I should say. So <laughs> you're still two and a half back and sitting in third. And the um, Twins lost as well. Yeah, so, you know, it, that day worked out well for you. Yes, it did. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Grandal receives today's game off too. He had uh, a couple of let's see. Uh, he had at least a walk yesterday. Uh, he he hit the ball hard. I thought he had a home run to center field. That was not the case. He went zero for four. Again, last week we had a poll who's been the most disappointing of the White Sox players, and boy, Grandal just really stands out for me. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure he'll be the same player again. No. How many more years on that deal? Yeah. Don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't... <laughs> we don't have you know. to talk about everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe a fresh start. I think he's got at least one more year, right? He's not out of yes, he does. Yes, yes, he does. Yes, he does. And getting rid of that contract will be quite the uh, chore if they try to do that. Again, you know, moving forward, uh, no matter what happens this year, we have to figure things out. We've got Andrew Vaughn who can play first base, Jose Abreu plays first base, Gavin Sheets who plays first base, and the only other position on the field that Grandal can really play is first base. So, you know, there are a lot to, a lot of things to think about past this year. But uh, looking forward to seeing if we can get that sweep done, especially at guaranteed rate, because, again, we're bucking the trend with what's been happening this year. Terrible record at home and uh, the, uh, the proclivity to be losing the first game of the series. We've won two of three. And uh, it was interesting yesterday to see Javi motion for a replay before he kept his uh, tag on Jose, which would have made the difference there. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it, they said keep booing Javi because he, he reacts well. To, you know, I know he's an ex-Cub in Southside. Yeah. They want to boo the ex-Cub, but he's been thriving more often than not in that. Uh, good news is Ronaldo Lopez is back, and he's been pitching very well. Thank you very much. So it's well, I'll tell you something. Two, and- years ago, two years ago, he was a big if, if he was going to stick with the team. And I think Ethan Katz... Although I'm not totally sure, uh, as much as I've read to date, Ethan Katz can really, really be commended for helping that uh, youngster straighten his game out. And and what an asset he's become, huh? Yeah, I mean, he's limited uh, hitters to a 200 average uh, with runners on base, 17 for 85. Opponents are 2 for 20 with runners in scoring position with two outs, which is something, you know, the, the White Sox can't generate runs with two outs when they have guys on they they're not very good but Ronaldo Lopez shuts the door uh more often than not when guys are on in scoring position he needs one more out or one more pitch to get done uh, with the inning he's been doing it yep three one two three three two three seven seven six taking your calls if you want to talk Bears we'll talk White Sox we're here until twelve thirty, and then we get to Connor McKnight with pregame as the White Sox take on Detroit Lance Lynn pitching today for a 110 start here on your home for Chicago White Sox baseball ESPN 1000.